Hello and welcome to Vision Extra, coming to you from Vision Australia Radio, Peter Greco with you. And with us is Daniel Liu, who is a researcher with the Centre for Eye Research. Daniel, great to meet you and thanks for your time. Thank you so much for having me, Peter. Really appreciate the opportunity. Now, you're doing some research into a condition that I don't know that we've spoken about much on this program, BCD, or maybe you've got the full word for it or the full explanation for it. Yeah, um, the full word for this condition is called Bietti crystalline dystrophy. Um, it's an inherited retinal disease, which means it's a condition which can be passed down genetically, inherited from parent to child. And it's actually incredibly, incredibly rare. Um, globally, there's about 167,000 people with the condition. Have a, uh, studies actually show that it's one of the more common inherited retinal diseases in our demographic in um, East Asia and Australia. Yes, I saw something about that. Any reason for that, do you think? Or has uh, any sort of uh, hypothesis been put forward about why that would be the case? The thing about this condition is because it's so rare and because yeah. so, lit so little people have it, um, it's actually, actually very hard to say. I don't think I've come across any hypotheses about why it might be more common in particular in this part of okay. the world. It says a bit about some of the work that you're doing uh, You've done some uh, well, very fascinating work in the sense that you either must be uh, very, very patient or very good at counting because uh, <laughs> you've actually uh, counted the uh, the amount this uh, crystal, if you like, appears in, in, in a person's eye. Yeah. Um, so the really the horrible thing about BAD crystalline dystrophy, like a lot of inherited retinal diseases, is that it's progressively and also inevitably blinding. So what this means is all individuals with the condition will suffer a slow progressive deterioration in their vision um, from early, around early adulthood until they until legal blindness by their 50s or 60s. And you mentioned the crystals, Peter. One of the most yes. characteristic features about this disease is um, the yellow. There's yellow glistening crystals which you can see at the back of the eye in the light sensitive tissue called the retina, um, and truly it resembles a starry night sky but unfortunately these crystals although they look beautiful like a starry night sky uh the condition does lead to blindness and there's currently no cure or effective treatment and so that's i guess that's where my research um, comes in um my research is with dr tom edwards in the retinal mm -hmm. gene therapy unit at zero at Sessing, which is the Send fire research australia and in particular, I've been focusing on trying to get a better understanding of how BAD, BCD, um, manifest in the back of the eye, like what it looks like, um, how the appearance is different in different people with the disease, um, and also how the characteristic crystals at the back of the eye may be measured and also distributed, and also how, how might these crystals be related to the underlying degeneration of these retinal cells um, themselves at the back of the eye. So I've been trying to understand a bit of that, that. And you actually counted, uh, or you count the crystals in, in people's eyes there? Yeah. yeah. As part of your yeah. research? Yeah. yeah, we did. We sure did. Um, <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it was a lot of time, but um, I guess that's science, right? Yeah. And uh, I think in, in one patient you count up to 2,000, is that right? Yeah, so there were um, up to 3,000 actually, okay. <laughs> so a bit more. Yeah. Sure. And what are they actually made of? And is that important? Um, so the thing about BCD is because it's so 
um, rare. Like a lot of these inherited mental diseases, um, they're not very common. So at the moment, what we know about them is actually quite limited. So we don't actually know what they're made of at the moment. We do, we're not sure if they are what causes the disease or if they're just a byproduct of another process which causes the disease. Um, but what we do know is that they are very characteristic of this condition. And also um, the the crystals seem to be related to the stage of disease as well, which is what we found. You mean the more crystals, the, the more the uh, site degenerates? It's kind of, kind of. At the start, in a healthy eye, you don't have any crystals. But then um, towards your early adulthood, you develop more and more crystals. But then the interesting thing is there seems to be... Um, a, the crystals seem to peak and then they seem to start uh, decreasing in number as the disease progresses. But the site doesn't improve with the decrease in crystals? No, unfortunately not, which leads us to suspect, and this is what we wonder, maybe um, as the underlying cells degenerate, maybe that's the reason for the crystals um, becoming less as well. Okay. Now, uh, interestingly enough, uh, some of the research you're doing, you're, you're kind of, um, well, first of all, the crystals appear in both eyes. Is that right? Yes. Yes. The crystals seem to appear in both eyes. And that's yeah. one of the major things we established um, in, our, uh, in, a, in a recent paper we published. So I guess some of the work that's going on in, in a sense to work on one eye and then see if uh, that work is uh, sort of translating to being a benefit to the other eye as well? Have I got that kind of right? Or have I misunderstood that? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, so what we've, one of the things we've been doing is um, looking at whether or not both eyes are affected equally by this disease because um, if the left eye, for example, is affected to the same extent in one person as the right eye, then we can what we can do in clinical trials of novel therapies um, we can we can actually use one eye as an untreated control and then we treat the other eye so that later down the track we can compare the effect of treatment on the eye which is treated compared to the eye which isn't treated and then see if it's actually working or not working, um, which yeah. is equally important. So I guess it's a little bit like when we hear about trials, you know, you have the uh, people who uh, take the, uh, the, the medicine and those uh, who don't and, uh, and mm. get a placebo. It's almost a, a similar sort of thing except it's the one patient uh, using both eyes in, in different ways. Yeah, and that's the great thing about eyes, right? You have two of them in your body, <laughs> so which means, yeah. And and the best good thing about this is because patients with this disease are it's it's a, a common disease, allowing you know using two both eyes in one patient and comparing the eyes within a patient actually allows us to use less patients to do the same clinical trial, so mm. which is very good for this condition. Now, I believe in recent times you've had a few uh, people uh, sort of uh, uh, come in and, and able to uh, do some trials with them or certainly use them for uh, your research. Uh, it's a fairly small number, though, is it 13? Yeah, it, it is definitely not a large number. And, um, yes, yeah, so recently, um, about two years ago, we started taking pictures of the back of patients' eyes in various modalities, trying to figure out a bit more of exactly what's going on in this condition and yeah um, our work was disrupted a little due to COVID but mm. um, yeah we've pushed ahead and recently um, have found out a bit more about this condition. 
So is is kind of the answer uh, hopefully in gene sort of therapy? Is that the kind of uh, sort of hope going forward? That is definitely the hope going forward. Um, gene therapy, it's 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 actually a lot of disciplines are thinking about gene therapy, mm. but in in the eye in particular, gene therapy is actually taking off. I believe one of the like a gene therapy treatment has recently been approved for a condition in the eye, which is one of the first in the world. So it's definitely a very exciting sphere. Yeah, so I guess it's uh, very much a, a long-term approach as far as uh, getting to, uh, to, 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 you know, to the bottom of this or more importantly, getting a, a solution to it to down the track. And, and given the fact there's nothing available right now, it's, uh, you're starting very much at uh, ground zero in a sense, aren't you? Yeah, that, that's it. Because yeah. there weren't many, or in fact, there weren't any tr- treatments in the past, research has not been as fast as it is now that there's some hope in the horizon. So, yeah, it's a very exciting time. Daniel, we've spoken to Tom Edwards in the past on the program. So mm-hmm. what, first of all, got your interest in this area and how do you kind of uh, come to do this research yourself? How does that sort of all happen? <laughs> well, that's a story in and of itself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by day, I'm actually a medical student. Um, this year is my final year. Next year, I'll be a junior doctor at the Royal Melbourne Hospital, which yeah. is very, very exciting, actually. It's seven years in the making. You know, people... Yeah. Um, have actually stopped asking me, you know, are you done with your studies yet? Because no, I'll, <laughs> I'll say the same thing, which is no, I'm not done because I'm always studying. But um, very soon I'll be able to say, yes, I'm a doctor. Um, and so that's a very exciting time. So that's by day, I'm a medical student. Um, but by night, I like to think um, that I'm a scientist. Doing medicine is really, really rewarding because you can, you have the opportunity to impact people's lives when they're at the lowest and I feel that's very very meaningful um, but what I love about research is even though you don't get to change one person's life um, you get to contribute yeah. to this broader body of science which is able to help you know all people in the world with this condition so gee um, that's a very that's a very powerful message isn't it yeah you, 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 as you say you're making a difference uh, in a, in a very uh, holistic way as well. So did you kind of put your hand up and say, you know, I'm interested in research. Is there something going on around the place that I can get my uh, hands on? Or how, how does that sort of, um, how, how do you get accepted into doing that research? <laughs> well, kind of, sort of like that. I've been very, very lucky to have had the chance to work with Dr. Tom Edwards, who's the head of the retinal gene therapy unit at CIRA, and also many other brilliant minds at CIRA over the past few years. Um, but I guess essentially it was a matter of putting my hand up and then meeting the right people and having the enthusiasm and yeah, being grateful. And, and I mean, is it uh, all it's cracked up to me? I mean, uh, are you, uh, I mean, this is the kindest possible way, Daniel, are you kind of all like mad scientists with these really zany, wacky ideas that you're sort of trying to sort of all bring together, bring bring all these threads together? (laughs) <laughs> um, well, if you could see me, Peter, my hair isn't quite as fancy as Einstein's, but <laughs> um, I, I, I do think it's a really rewarding thing. It takes a long time. I, th- I think that's one of the things which I've really learned um, going into research. It, it is a huge team effort. Um, and we, honestly, we couldn't do it without our patients who give up their time and give up, you know, 
have all these <laughs> images and lights shined into their eyes yeah. um, just for the sake of our, our research. It's um, very, very humbling. Uh, but yeah, it takes, it does take a long time as well. A lot of perseverance and grit is necessary, but at the end of the day, the reward is worth it. Yeah, and I guess I kind of joked about being yeah, a bit wacky or zany, but you probably need people to think a little bit outside the conventional way of thinking as well, don't you, in a way? Would that be a fair comment that you need something to, you know, something out of left field, if you like, maybe to say, what if what if we come up with this sort of idea or what if we try something like this or this sort of approach? Mm, yeah, for sure. It's 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 actually a very, interesting, a very interesting point you bring up. Um, I remember re- hearing someone talk about how... In, in science, you have to have that spark. You have to be able to look ahead, look into new disciplines um, and uh, look into new possibilities. But at the same time, it's what's also really quite paradoxical is you have to work with what you got, right? Like if your technology is only up to a certain level, you, ha- you have to be able to um, work with that and apply that to your field. So gene therapy is one of those things where it's it's very new, it's very exciting, and I research is very much um, leading leading that in that in, in the medical field. So there should be a lot to look forward to in the next few years for people with inherited renal diseases. Well, I'm sure anyone with an eye condition would be very happy to hear about uh, people like you who are doing this uh, great work uh, by night and also being a medical student by day. Dan, you're out of time uh, for this evening, but uh, Thank you so much for spending some time with us and it'll be good to catch up with you again in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, Peter. That's uh, Daniel Liu, who's uh, very soon going to become a doctor, but uh, talk to us tonight about uh, Beatty crystalline dystrophy. That is it for the program. If you've missed some of it or you'd like to hear it again, you can go to our website, httpsomny.fm forward slash shows forward slash vision hyphen extra Vision Extra, that's the name of this program, back on this, your favourite radio station, at the same time next week.